0: welcome back to challenging trades. We've got Chris here and Drew. Hey everyone. All right. Today is February 6, 2022. It is currently 7:11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time
1: and about 4:11 p.m. Pacific Time.
0: All right. So, what a week it's been. Before we get started though, we I just want to remind you that Challenging Trades is just a news and opinion source. We do not provide any investment advice. None. Today's agenda is going to be a lot of fun. We've got uh, a trade challenge to talk about. We've got, which is, we'll talk about the last trade challenge too, which was a little bit crazy towards the end. And Drew brought that to my attention because it needed to be. We've got some huge news across the market with companies like Meta, Snap, and Peloton, and and just a general con- like a feel across the market. We're finally getting into our big topic this week. We are going to be talking about China. Drew, I, really know, this big a, topic. I big big know this is a good populated one for you too. Topic. Big one. Uh, and we've got some crypto news at the end. It's actually good news. So I'll be really happy to present Ooh. that to us as well. Uh, also, friendly reminder, I am Christopher Aberad, also co-founder and partner at ATM CryptoCoins. Still the best and easiest way to turn cryptocurrency into cash in Massachusetts. Drew, why don't right. you get us kicked off with the trade challenge? Let's talk about the last trade challenge and let's talk about the current trade challenge.
1: Yeah. So if you can all remember, I was thinking about um, conceding, and I actually did concede uh, in the first trade uh, challenging trades, trade challenge, XBI, the biotech ETF versus BITO, the Bitcoin ETF. Uh, there was a big discrepancy going into Friday last week. Uh a week ago, Friday, and I had conceded because I was down about 5%, I think, around that time. Well, what happened, Drew? Why don't you tell well, the, the, on, tell the okay. viewers what
0: happened before the 31st? Yeah.
1: So um, on Monday, XBI had a pretty big run. In, in fact, in the morning, it was ahead of Bito for a good couple hours uh, before sort of petering out and then jumping at the last uh, bit at the end there. It ended up falling short by about 0.2%. Uh, still, still losing the trade challenge, but it just goes to show, you know, when you're, when your investments are down, you don't want to necessarily throw in the towel. You know, it's a good trade challenge lesson to actually kind of hold on, hold on to your thesis, write it out. um, See, you know, see if the, if you were right and, and maybe someone's throwing money back in where you thought that there was no hope and, it, we, we got really close to really close out of thirty day trade challenge within it was percent.
0: It was crazy. Yeah, it, was like, a, it was a the great. fact that you squeezed out that like you, you almost had me. You almost ha- I got really nervous because I went I thought we were done this thing going into the January 31st deadline on end of day. And it came out. So just to just for the viewers to know, like I we didn't these were these were picks that lost money. But basically, so did everything else <laughs> in January. Uh, I lost my pick lost 16.4 percent. Drew closed the gap. A lot and only lost 16.6%. So it was insanely yeah, close. It was,
1: it was like the, ho- like, I, I hate to, to have the horse track analogy here because it, maybe it is ga- gambling uh, when you're talking about only 30 day time frame. Yeah. With
0: that kind of timeline, it is. Gambling. It
1: was kind of like the horse's muzzle, kind of like you had that photo finish and you needed to look at the photo to see who actually won the race. It was yeah, but I, But
0: in like the third, like the third quarter of the race, right. What ended up happening is my horse was way out in front. And I, I'm, I'm not even looking back. And What happened is, what did I do? I slowed down. Meanwhile, you're still gaining ground on me. On the 31st, you mm-hmm. skyrocketed. It was awesome.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And I was gaining nothing. I, was barely ed- I barely edged you out by going positive, I think, later in the day.
1: I'm sure if you kept Bitto around another week, you would see some serious green, though, according to what I'm looking at right now.
0: Why? What's it looking at now? Well, on- I looked
1: at Bitcoin like a week ago. It was like in the low 30s, and now it's in the low 40s. So that's a pretty good turn of events.
0: Yeah, it was insane. So we'll talk about crypto towards the end of the show. Um, and I definitely have some news for those that are invested in crypto and cryptocurrency as a whole. Bitcoin specifically. Ooh, see that. See Ethereum, and it's going to be, um, honestly, I'm not sure what to say on it, but we'll, we'll get to that in a bit. Um, so to our current trade challenge, if you can't remember, we'll remind you now. Uh, I threw down the gauntlet for Drew to pick a stock and he picked uh, Ionis Pharmaceuticals and I picked Fisker. Uh, that was on January 29th, and currently where we're sitting at is me out in front by a good margin again, but uh, if anything, this taught me not to get comfortable, but the current state of affairs is Fisker, since I announced the trade challenge, since we announced the trade challenge on the 29th, has gained 9.1%. Meanwhile, Iona's Pharmaceuticals has lost 0.6%. Again, big gap at the moment anybody's game, but I feel really good. It doesn't help
1: that uh, INS dropped 5% on the first day and Fisker went up 10% on the first day of the trade challenge. It was you almost wanna...
0: up 15% on the first <laughs> day. <laughs> It day.
1: Pro- it was not good timing. Unfortunately for INS, for all of you who don't aren't familiar with INS, they are a drug development company uh, really with RNA uh, targeted therapeutics. A lot of them for orphan drug indications, which mean the rare diseases, very few People in America, less than 200,000 are inflicted with these diseases. And so IONIS focuses on helping these patients that aren't served by the larger markets like your cardiovascular. So unfortunately, on Monday, they announced that a later stage um, uh, deal with Pfizer, which I'm sure everyone uh knows of at least that pharmaceutical company they backed out of the deal um i was opened up pretty low on monday i think like i said uh even up to nine percent down yeah but they, kind, my, of came, they kind
0: of rallied it, back in the same actually day a
1: little bit did go positive for the day Not, I, th- I attribute that to the just in general uh, biotech stocks kind of bumped up uh, today but through the week it actually showed and that's why I picked it. It's showing uh, strength. I think strength from its pipeline. Strength from the fact that a lot of investors, when they released that uh, data um, recently, I think back in December, I think the stock price did crash a bit. So investors saw that already and had digested it. Maybe some of the folks that sold were uh, earlier last week were kind of not in the know on on that. And you think so they're going to come lot, back in? Yeah? I think uh, I think the smart money is. Seeing that I this is a really strong company as I do, and I, I, I think I look at them a as well, and I
0: feel the same way. Like I, I looked at their their pattern. I'm a big I'm a big pattern trader, mm-hmm. and from what I saw, I'm seeing a buy signal there where it's just showing mm-hmm. me a lot of like it, it's showing me that it took the same market downturn that hit the broader market as a whole in January, like December through January. And again, we've talked about this a few times. Like companies in the market took all everybody took a hit. Everybody took some sort of a hit, uh, but some of them were punished unfairly. So you're, now is the time to start looking for those companies that can rally back after that tumultuous time kind of comes to a close, which we're not even sure we're out of yet. All right. So looking at the week ahead now. Yeah, let's take do a look at the j- week jump ahead. in
1: that. What do you think? What do you think is going to happen here? I mean, I see cryptos. crypto could be a nice little canary in the coal mine, though, in a good way for the market, because it's been up wild since Friday, and I'm really hoping that carries into futures for the broader indexes beyond um, beyond like NASDAQ.
0: Well, yeah, I'll talk about the week in review, which will kind of talk about the week ahead for a second. Um, so we saw, I'll, I'm going to bring up some just some tickers here just to talk about the craziness that happened in the market. And I'll tell you kind of what I felt as more of a growth stock trader and crypto trader um, as we went through the week. So Monday, well, awesome. What are you
1: feeling right now? Tell me like what... What are you channeling right now? What kind of vibes are you channeling? I'm feeling good,
0: man. I'm feeling really good. And I'll tell you why. Like, I felt like crap on Thursday, which was a down day for the market. Wednesday was really a bloodbath. But Monday Mm -hmm. and Tuesday started Mm -hmm. us off really nicely. And Friday was quite the rally. So, and that kind of plays into what I'm going to talk about. Because on Thursday, for the first time in 18 years, the ARPU for Meta went down. Right. They find the, what? the, the what? art went the average recurring user base for, and they actually average lost users on user Facebook. Base.
1: They lost users on meta on Facebook
0: for the first time in 18 years, they didn't show a growth in user base. Wow. They literally have had 18 years of all green lights. And this was the first, not even a red light. I'd say a yellow light and they lost over 200 billion dollars in market cap in one day. What now, was that
1: on a percentage basis?
0: Like 26%? About 26%. Now if you were to I told this to Drew when it happened. If you were to take 470 of the S&P 500's 500 companies and you were to take their value, the losses alone from Meta would equate to the value of the total value of 470 of those companies. Think about that.
1: And that's just what what they lost. I don't even know know if Mark Zuckerberg himself lost in one day. That must've been a pretty big blow to him too, personally.
0: But don't bet against Zuck. Trust me on this. I, again, we're not financial advice, but I will say this. If I were to to pinpoint a few people in this world that can turn something like that around, Zuckerberg's one of those guys. I wouldn't bet against him. He's done it before. He'll do it again. This is just, this is a short-term Speed bump for a longer term gain down the line, whether that be this year, next year, or the year after. I have no problem continuing to tell people to put money into Meta.
1: What about if you do kind of like a, a, an out
0: of the money leap?
1: For, that's what I'm already for, in
0: for a covered call. Would you double down on that though? I'm already in on the out of the Are money double calls. Downing? Uh, double downing maybe for like a 12 month call. Okay. Yeah, I don't good, see, I don't, I don't do see this trade problem trade. continuing more than 12 months. I frankly don't even see it continuing six months. I, I think the next earnings call for them is going to be quite the change of pace. But Apple really did hurt their business with their privacy uh, infrastructure that they placed on the iOS uh, devices. I think that was sometime late last year, and that really hurt their ad business.
1: Well, because you can't steal people's data and use it without their
0: permission? That's kind of what they build their business on, bud. <laughs> but meanwhile, well, meanwhile, the market- Wasn't all bad in the tech. So there were the two space. other earnings calls that came out after, the day after, uh, after hours. Uh, no, sorry, the same day, after hours on Thursday. And the market was very bearish on tech as a whole, basically the entire NASDAQ. Looking yeah, after at, Meta, looking, right? Looking at Amazon and Snap, who were going to release their earnings, same day, after hours. Drew, what happened to Snap? Snap? snapped up 54 55% 60%. Hours. Wow, was that the close or was that after? Hours? Well, almost 58.82% after hours. A total game. Uh, uh, cuz um, that cuz they opened the up the following on Friday. day. They opened Friday. Was that yeah. that
1: was, so that was Friday's game.
0: 58.82%. That really surprises me because I didn't think anyone would use
1: Snapchat anymore.
0: They have a great ad ad market there, and they're doing incredibly well. They're growing their user base still. Amazon also knocked it out of the park. Where you don't think that company can continue to grow, they show you that they can find new revenue streams without even thinking. It's chump change for them to buy up a company like Peloton, where rumors started to surge Mm. on Friday late day. So Peloton, a company we've brought up numerous times, as a company that knows how to blunder their way into a financial disaster, is now having rumors of Amazon or Nike picking them up. And what did that do to their stock after hours? Drew? Good question. I'm not really sure. 30% gain after hours on Friday. Peloton. And how does that compare to their like 100-day moving average? So if you look at their moving average over the course of the year, right? So they're so they right down eighty percent this year. You know that, okay? Right? So we're
1: sitting at, just so everyone knows, it's Saturday or Sunday now, I guess, and after hours, Peloton is about sitting at about thirty one ten or so from Friday, uh, last trade on Friday after hours. So even if this was a takeover offer. It would have to be significantly higher than that thirty-one. So, if you believe in this rumor, you should buy because no way our Peloton uh, owner is going to say thirty-one is going to be good. No, that this will
0: be this will be on this the. Way will up. have to jump up to
1: fifty at least because they were trading in the fifties as recently as November. Exactly. So good luck selling your company to traders that had uh, about twice the equity, like two. But, and a half but read ago. between
0: the lines here, Drew. Right. Just a rumor, nothing verified about Amazon or Nike. And I think it would be Amazon more or less that would probably buy it. Um, Just a rumor that their company was going to get acquired by one of these two brands. pushed the stock almost 30%. What does that mean? The market likes Peloton, but doesn't like their leadership. The market mm-hmm. wants Peloton mm-hmm. to get purchased by somebody that knows what to do with the user base and the infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And until that happens, and because it does have the user base and the infrastructure, once that happens and they can see a clear path to success within the, in the hands of someone else, this thing's going to take off like a friggin' rocket. So keep your eyes on Peloton. I think it's going to go somewhere.
1: Uh, moving I, on, so- I agree completely, but I do want to also. Just jump one second back yeah, yeah, yeah. to the earnings reports this week because we are in corporate earnings mm-hmm. season right now. There's a lot more to come. Most of it's been really good, actually. Incredibly so, good. You know, the, the GDP numbers really good. The growth economic outlook is really good. The corporate earnings are all really good. So everything's coming I mean, there's up. Certainly green, man. Some really good, you know, catalysts. But let's look deeper though to these earnings. I think for a lot of these companies, it's easy for them to it's easy for them to uh, pass on costs to consumers in an inflationary environment because a lot of these things are really quick sells. You know, they're not like ongoing things, and they could readjust as needed. What I mean by that is for a longer growth stock, right? A growth stock not generating much revenue is going to be a little bit ways away before they're able to like actually adjust the price and get that. get get the realize the benefits from the start going green on their
0: balance sheet. Yep. Amazon can just say,
1: as they did, which I believe is also one of the big drivers of their, of their uh, share price right now, they did announce that they're bumping up the cost of prime by 17%.
0: Uh, which is huge. And it, you could say it's corporate price gouging. I think there's a, I think- I don't think it's I don't think it's price gouging. I think it's just matching inflationary rates at this point. They 17% were is not the rate of inflation right now. No, not the rate of inflation, <laughs> but they, I, I think they were kind of undervaluing it. And they also realized that.
1: I think they're taking advantage of consumers because their supply chain is one of the best in the world. And that's a huge, I think, value driver right now. And if they're generating more value, then they should be paid more money for it
0: absolutely and do you think do you so a do you think they're justified in that price increase and b do you think people are gonna pay it people will
1: absolutely pay it um, I think that it, it was well received by investors because it's gonna make a lot more money uh, do you think there are there situations in well? though in which some of these companies are taking advantage of people uh, sure. I think I think that that for now it's tamed but we're gonna to have to see where we go here because Anytime wages are not growing as fast as goods and services, um, you're I think you're in a situation where you're taking advantage of folks. Um, I, I so. think what you're going to
0: see here as well is game theory play out. Right, you're going to see Amazon raising rates. Who's going to raise rates next? Walmart's going to raise rates. Target's going to raise rates. Uh, eBay is going to raise rates. Everybody involved here is going to raise rates. It takes one movement to generate a trickle or domino effect across the entire industry because once one person gets away with it the rest will continue and the thing is i think amazon is justified by raising their rates because they've added a lot more value since the last time they did that they've increased the prime membership subscription with their video platform they're bringing the nfl to it their delivery is incredibly effective uh, they've added more vendors to their platform. In fact, they might even purchase uh, Peloton. So, which by the way, um, as a side note, 2022 is going to be the year for m and I feel it. It's coming. Watch for these big plays coming. I out. really hope so. Because it's, there's it's the a lot of
1: value buys right now. A lot of demand, a lot of growth. So all that to, in my mind means that there are some good investment opportunities uh, and a lot new like technologies that are going to be working together a lot more. I mean, Amazon's push with Peloton. Incredibly. I, mean, eff-
0: I think that's a great move. That's a real world push. That's a great, great push for Amazon. Imagine they get involved in a space now that they haven't had any, anything to do with before they acquire a, a very active user base, an infrastructure and a product at the same time from a company that can't get out of its own way. And then I think this is what an effective move this would be. But on top of that, look at companies like, and I've mentioned them before, Samsung. Samsung is a company that does a lot of different things. And they are right now in a cash-heavy position looking to snatch up a lot of companies that got hit pretty hard and could use some new leadership and also integrate them into what they do best, right? Bring them into their business, their core business model, or even their kind of extended business models where they could add another piece of functionality onto what they already offer. Great business or company to stack up on its available offerings. Um, absolutely. So one, one quick thing about Samsung is that they're actually buying biotech
1: companies now too. Yeah. They're, they're, uh, Cause they, they just bought Biogen's biosimilar unit, um, which is a big, going to be a huge growth area. Biosimilars, so if you think about generics, it's like the generic version of like a biologic drug. That's um, awesome. And I think that's
0: a great move for Samsung. They've been in that space in a little bit, but not heavily. And this is their way to get in for cheaper than they ever could. Mm -hmm. But uh, but back to my previous point, Amazon is offering more than they ever have at the $99 price point. um, And that has only grown over the last two years. They are justified in being able to raise their rates. If you ask me, that 70% rate rate increase really is justified by what they deliver to their consumers. Now 17%. 17%. 17%. But mm-hmm. do I think that other companies that are going to follow suit are offering more value than what they were at their their previous price point? Probably not. So be on the lookout for that from, from a price gouging perspective. I think it's like Amazon can raise their rates because of what they deliver. Other companies probably can't. And you'll see that reflected in the user base that either drops or continues with the company and that will be reflected in the share price so be on the lookout for companies that are raising rates and how you believe that might impact their shares looking
1: ahead where are you seeing anything for your portfolio or are we doing that at the end we could do the know, we could do that right at
0: now. the end but I mean I got a few things that I'm really looking at um, okay you know what I'll hold that to the end I've got a couple of things that I put some money into this week that have already started to generate uh, returns so I'm really happy about it But we've got a big story ahead of us, and I don't want to take too much time away from it. And I want you, Drew, to kind of start this for us, because I know it's a topic that you've looked into pretty heavily. Uh, I did a fair amount of research as it pertained to this, and I came up with some pretty eye-watering information. But um, the big topic this week is China. Mm. I know that that's just the name of a country and not really a topic, but it's more how China conducts themselves and how that impacts the US economy and investors within our economy, how this can impact your portfolio or mine. So there's a lot of information here and and what China does doesn't always match up to helping us or helping themselves even as you'll find out. But Drew, I want you to kick it off for us, kind of paint the picture here as to why we're even looking at these guys.
1: China is the world's largest economy by purchasing power parity. And the second largest economy
0: yeah, by nominal GDP.
1: GDP. Yeah, if you yeah. look at
0: unadjusted GDP, like I know you're gonna you could tweet at us or whatever you want. fine. Like there's a bunch of different ways to slice and dice this. Yeah, the US is number one. We got it. Understood. Unadjusted GDP. Anyway. <laughs> but uh, is it? But if you look, <laughs> but if you look at uh, they're a little bit deeper into the, the the adjustments that you can make to GDP and how it relates to actual economy, China's number one. Either way, they're huge. Yeah, All right, that's just what we're trying to say. They're
1: they're basically US's biggest economic rival. Essentially, US has always uh, historically had a higher GDP per capita. China has about five times as many people as the US does. Um, China has a huge uh, industry built on exporting relatively cheap goods, based on Massive. their ability to pay lower wages and efficiencies in the way their government can just. Take over complete industries. They export so, over.
0: They export over sixteen percent of the world's goods. That's just a crazy number. Is that really as of it. this year? That's or, as of twenty twenty two. Wow. And, then, and, and but here's where things get kind of dicey. And this is what we want to look in yeah. yeah. Do so, you want to dice this up? No, Drew. Slice and dice bit, this for me, please. Slice and dice it. Or
1: cut, cut this up a little
0: bit. Grab your. All right. Well, grab your hang Chinese on your... Knife. The Chinese plate, <laughs> right? And just slice this up for me a little bit so we can digest it easier.
1: Okay, well, I hope you guys are sitting down for this, but
0: China owns about 15% of the
1: U.S. debt owned by foreign countries. And let they that, are the largest owner of U.S. debt.
0: Let that sink in. Let that sink in for a second. They own 15% of our foreign-owned debt. Wow. That's and I, massive. I, I, how much is that as a whole, though? I wonder, That's a good question. Let me take is a look. the whole... Uh, It's massive. So it looks like it's about, let's see, uh, $1.07 trillion Mm. in US dollars, not one. Is it like around
1: 4%? I'm reading maybe
0: like 3.7% of our total debt. Foreign held debt. So foreign held debt, they're 15%.
1: But of the total debt, I'm saying I think the total like debt. Yeah, I and think and they're under
0: percent. Yeah, four four percent. some of that effect. But to, but foreign debt is the debt that we have to actually be more concerned about, given yeah. the implications that it can have against our dollar value, and especially as it pertains to ta- China because of the trade deficit we're currently running with them. And we'll talk about that.
1: Yeah, and and you know what, Ch- China has always been good buds with the U.S. as far as trade goes. I mean, we actually built China essentially by. Buying, I think we were the number one trading partner uh, for a really long time. Buying a lot of their goods. Mm-hmm. I would say there's a time in the nineties where everything I owned in my room as a kid was <laughs> like made in China.
0: More, um, more than likely, you know, <laughs> uh, and 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 they love it, and we loved it. Yeah, we love Americans. Loved it. We love their low wage rates and their lack of human rights so much that we can mm-hmm. we keep moving country companies over there.
1: And that didn't slow down during the pandemic. In fact, China's exports rose to historical highs during the pandemic due to the to increased demand of of things like. Uh, furniture, consumer electronics, and other home goods. Uh, Meanwhile, which is... we
0: stopped being friendly with them around that time and imposed tariffs. If you can't remember, <laughs>
1: yep, that did happen. Um, and it, and it, you know, China has been blamed for taking a lot of the jobs out of America too. So that, that that's kind of like the love hate we have with them as far as economy goes is, you know, we, we want cheap goods, but we also want jobs, but jobs in the U.S. would make more expensive goods. So what is it? But I think, and Chris can also, of course, jump on this because I know this has been huge um, for, for him is this sort of idea of self-preservation around um, at some point, Does the U.S. need or and and does China, do they need to kind of take ownership over their industries to get to the point where they're not as self-dependent? And we saw that with coronavirus. Right. We saw too much reliance on China for things like personal protective equipment for things like uh, electronics, semiconductors, basically yeah. everything that we had a shortage of was essentially coming from Asia, uh, and China being one of the major economies in East Asia.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So what does that? that look so-
1: like for us now,
0: Chris? So what, why should we care about anything going on over there? Why should yeah. we care about their consistent media lockdown? Why should we care about the complete lack of human rights? And why should we care about the fact that they're exporting tons and tons and tons of thousands of hundreds of thousands of millions of dollars worth of goods to us while holding a ton of debt over us, right? We should care about this because they haven't been able to deliver given the way that they conduct their country with coronavirus um, having been a very big impact to them and causing massive supply chain issues, which is causing a rise in goods domestically right we're not being able to get goods nearly as often and the goods are going up in value we should care because misinformation not it's not really misinformation it's more lack of information this is a country that consistently locks down their media and locks down any outlet to the outside world when things don't particularly look good for them case in point covid they could have given information to the imf or globally at least uh about what was not the imf the um oh what's it called uh uh, w-h-o that's the one that's the acronym i'm looking for uh Mm -hmm. they could have given them information about coronavirus the impacts that it had on people the the death rate on it and the how quickly it spread well before it made its way offshore did they no in fact there's a whole big scenario over there where we could talk about that another time, or you could look into it yourself about the, how they treated the situation before the outbreak. And it is not good in terms of painting a picture for China. They currently have alliances with Russia. I don't know if you've been watching the news lately. Uh, Russia is kind of about to attack the Ukraine, and we're kind of about to you now counterattack Russia.
1: Next so- ch- trade
0: challenge,
1: challenging trades, trade challenge. Who's going to win, Ukraine or Russia?
0: <laughs> uh Russia, Russia we, we've got quite the dicey relationship with Russia. And that's something that's not new news. But what is new is that China is creating these alliances with Russia in the face of this impending war, essentially. Uh, they just signed a 30-year gas deal to add a new pipeline. Um, and so... They're making alliances in places we don't want them to, considering how much leverage they currently have over us. And speaking of that, they've got tons of leverage over the value of our dollar. We've pushed them on numerous occasions necessarily to raise the value of the wand. And what they've done in return to make us back off is threatened to sell off part of its holdings of our debt, which would like, basically deflate the U.S. dollar globally, making cost of goods that much harder or more expensive. So we've got a lot of work to do here to decouple ourselves from China for good reason. Not saying that we should entirely. They are a huge contributor to the global economy, and we need to continue to play nice with everybody around us. But there are some headwinds. It's lopsided right now, and we need to level the playing field a bit. And China might actually do that themselves. Uh, I don't
1: want to really. No, they, they might. I, I don't want to, like, put any, like, clouds. I mean, they're hosting the Winter Olympics right now. That's great. Uh, it's a huge time for them to be in the world's spotlight. But there are headwinds for China, in my opinion, going over 2022, 2023. I think a couple of those, not only uh, geopolitical risks with support of Russia and the aggression towards Taiwan and the Philippines, but but I am a strong believer that coronavirus – is gonna come back to bite them
0: or whatever, make them. We have or to something. do the forced motor on, on coronavirus at some point. It's not.
1: It's not done. Not. I mean, I'm not even talking about the lab leak theory or fact. As I say, I'm talking it about the fact that all the global countries in the Western world, to this, especially more recently now, are just saying we're gonna live with coronavirus. This is kind of like the new normal. It's endemic now. In fact, if you look at The latest numbers, uh, February, uh, almost half of the people in some of these countries have gotten exposed or have gotten it tested positive to it. Mm -hmm. So like you have a huge number of people from Western uh, countries that have a high degree of protection if you look at China and you look at their vaccine, the Sino vaccine, um, that is not really offering anybody in China much protection. No, it's not very effective whatsoever. So I can envision a time in the future where an outbreak is going to happen. They have to shut down a huge city or if to shut down multiple huge cities. Meanwhile, the U.S., Europe, all the countries are never going to have to deal with lockdowns again.
0: But going that's going to gonna impact the exports again. And it's we're gonna really going to really impact supply chain issue after yep. the supply chain issue. And,
1: and, and at some point, we're just going to say, you know what? We're not doing business with you anymore.
0: Yeah, and their economy has been dropping consistently. By the way, um, you know, not mm-hmm. only in the face of coronavirus, but since 2019 in general, their economy dropped from I think a 10.1 percent growth to like almost a under six percent growth, and that yeah, doesn't like look four. like it's going to slow down anytime mm-hmm. soon. Mm-hmm. That's going to carry on into the future. Uh, you know, hopefully, past when we're di- when we're through coronavirus. So and, their economy in on the, the downturn. Absolutely, Chris. And in, in addition to that, other countries are.
1: It may not start with the cheap Chinese exports, but certainly the expensive Chinese exports on the consumer electronics side, that stuff, as we speak, being moved to the U.S. Uh, Intel is, is building a 20 billion, two $20 billion total plants in Ohio right now, average salary of $130K uh, for employees at those plants. That's exactly what the U.S. needs right now exactly. is, is to build those. Uh, I would Something say, matters back security. into our own hands. Yeah, we this is need what to we bring need.
0: things back here to gain mm-hmm. to to remove the leverage that they have over us. Not only that, the Chinese government is kind of bipolar or manic in some senses. As tell it me, to their tell businesses. us
1: more about that, and the and like
0: maybe if you can give
1: a couple of stocks as examples that suffered from. From the hands of the Chinese government regulations. I mean, just recently. look at
0: Baba. I mean, one that you know very well. <sighs> they can shut down an idea, a company, anything in particular that they don't Person. find.
1: Person. <laughs>
0: they can just exactly, make them disappear. <laughs> they they really don't hold themselves to a checks and balances in, in the way that their government operates and in the way that it operates also impacting their economy, impacting their companies, impacting their, the, the way that they handle business and, At any point, should your company step out of line as they see it, whether that be truthful or not, your company could be devalued and removed entirely from the face of the earth. That's just the way China operates. They don't answer to anybody and they do. Exactly as they feel they need to, to protect their own image globally uh, and to protect their own reputation, to protect their own um, pride. Essentially, it is a it, there is a sense of pride there uh, from the Chinese government that they don't want questioned Called oh, uh, saving for, face. Exactly. Uh, and, and so, you know, just for things like crypto, for example, um, I'm big on Whew. crypto and they have time China and time is, again China is not crypto. so
1: big. Not China is not so big. They're China. not a big
0: fan. They've shut it down to the point where they've raided miners or mining operations. They have, quote unquote, have been able, they've tried at least to disable the trading of cryptocurrency within their within their country, mm-hmm. something that other countries have tried. But because of the nature of cryptocurrency, that's quite literally impossible, uh, although they are jailing people over it. So this and what happened to the miners, though, like what, the
1: consequence of that crackdown because they can't control by the fundamentals of Bitcoin and crypto they can't control it or you know they they can't like identify people very easily of who's trading it so they don't if if they can't control it absolutely then it absolutely has to go and at one point most of the the bitcoin miners were
0: coming from china the the majority of the hash rate was coming from china and And now the majority of the hash rate is coming from the u.s the u.s has so far embraced crypto miners but asterisk there uh, regulation is coming down the line. We have yet to see how that unfolds Ooh, when does under that the Biden in? administration. Uh, probably within the next month, and we're going to see how that kind of <laughs> plays out. Um, you know, but the thing is, the hash rate dropped quite literally in China dramatically, and, and that's. <laughs> but what China doesn't understand is it, it's taking a ton of money that was being generated within the country. Um, based on cryptocurrency that would, they took tons of money out of circulation tons of income that was being generated for the Chinese population. Mm-hmm. So what they did was hurt themselves at the end and they did it just because they wanted to, they couldn't come up with a valid reason Uh, that they needed to shut this down and they didn't even cite the the economic or the environmental reasons. They didn't even use that, which is probably- I don't even remember. What what did they actually say? Like, what was their It was just a lack of control and transparency on how money was moving. That's all they cared about. They want to know and control everything. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah.
0: So what should you do as an investor, right? Let's wrap this up in a way that makes sense to our podcast and give you a little bit of information on how to help yourself. Uh, What should you do? Drew, Give me some takes on what we should do here because you've been looking at this as much as I have. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, and and I, uh, I I was invested in, in Baba for a second. You convinced me, actually Chris convinced me not to invest, which was a good decision. Uh, he actually said that Alibaba wasn't even based in China. and was based in the Cayman Islands. Which it I is.
0: Didn't,
1: <laughs> which... Which well, it's probably it's probably for their
0: benefit that it is because that it doesn't allow the Chinese government to shut them down without without any notice or warning.
1: That's true, but I'm a little concerned that technically it doesn't even isn't even a legal entity too, though. So that's something you know, else. But the Caymans um, have a lot of uh,
0: what many people here lovingly know as shell corporations. Uh, but either way, so what should we do, right? Like Drew, give me some. I'm an investor. I've got All money. Right. I want to get in the market. Chinese stocks took a big ass beating, and I want to know: is this a value play? I'm looking at
1: Chinese ETS right now. I don't have any good ones off the top of my head that I'm looking at, so I'm just going to use Baba as kind of a, a it's a good representation looking of that. It's one of the it's probably one of the bigger ones that's public right now. Uh, it's a technology company, so it's been hurt much like all the other growth stocks in the U.S. have been hurt. It has been seeing um, a little bit of, you know, what might one might see as a pattern trader a little bottoming out, but um, it's hard to tell because they again are subject to these sometimes obscure regulations that may impact something severely, like the like China withdrawing ant. Amp- and the parent, the parent company of
0: Alibaba, Jack, they're, they're all not, going into hiding. Yeah, oh, they withdrew
1: their IPO like a few days before it was supposed to happen. It was supposed to be the world's biggest IPO.
0: And just for um, reference, by the way, looking at Alibaba, their one-year um, return on investment has been a negative negative fifty-four percent. So, just letting you know, like this wow. is this is a representation of the Chinese market, uh, and I think that that's actually true. And our
1: market, to an extent, I mean
0: to a degree, well, but theirs have been on the downside all year since all last year, we actually had some, some peaks and valleys. They had no peaks. All, yeah, all it's just been going, it's just been going down
1: And the market cap of Baba. It was almost the same. I want to say as Amazon for a second.
0: It was, it really was. And a lot of people were looking at that as a great play because of mm-hmm. what it does offer for the, uh the Eastern world uh, in terms of being the Amazon of the East. And it, you know, China shut that town. So with with Amazon's thirteen percent gain, let's just do a little guessing game
1: here, Chris. Well, first of all, what's Baba Baba's market cap?
0: Do you think Baba's market cap today? I don't even. I can't even guess right, what it is. Currently. Let's just.
1: I'll just say it's three hundred thirty-five billion.
0: Um, Oh yeah, I just saw 328 billion. I'm showing on my screen. Okay,
1: okay. Now without looking at it, what's Amazon's market cap compared to (sighs) Fox?
0: Again, not something I have on the top of my head because I just just give just give a guess. I don't know. Let's say it's gotta be like 1.1 trillion. Higher. 1.4 trillion? Higher. 1.7 trillion?
1: 1.6404 trillion.
0: Yeah. So So calling it the Amazon (laughs) of the East is far fetched.
1: (laughs) At this point it's very far-fetched and um, I don't
0: see any, I don't see a recovery coming for Baba, but that's you know, the trouble. back to the original question of like what you as an investor probably based in the United States or you know somewhere outside of China if you're listening to this podcast because we've probably already been banned there sorry everyone um, <laughs> what would I do if I were an investor I would try to buy domestic products I know that that's a touchy subject, but we need to start doing what they're trying to do by 2025 mm-hmm. and reducing our reliance on imports. On top of that, yep. diversify your portfolio more so than you probably have. Take a good hard look at your portfolio. Try to invest in investments that don't heavily rely on Chinese regulation or economic status. As we see, quite the downturn coming. It's it's not only it's not only here, but it's slated to continue into the next three to five years. Uh, and you know, honestly, just be careful with Chinese stocks. Take those at your own risk, but know that you're really running into something volatile. Whereas our volatility has dropped a little bit this week, theirs is continuing an upward trend. And again, the government can step in at any point. That's one of the biggest keys here that I personally took away while looking at all this information is they can impact our Our economy, should they choose to do so at any point, based on how much leverage they have over us based on imports and based on the amount of debt they hold. We need to start eliminating a little bit of that, but that's something that we need to do as a country, regardless of investments. And we need to start really taking a deeper look at the investments that we do have as a trader perspective in Chinese stocks anything that relies on their government as that can change at the drop of a hat. So
1: we really encourage you to be
0: very careful as you approach these Chinese stocks, not saying you can't make money. I'm sure there's plenty of ways to make money in that market. Just know that you're doing so with not only a a bit of risk, but probably more than you'd like to take on. And I would just recommend you sell your
1: Chinese stocks and invest in U S manufacturing companies like Intel to support the growth of our industry and to make sure our computers don't take seven to 10 months to arrive when you order it. So, like I could
0: talk about the ATM machines that we purchased. Um, I don't know, late last year that are still on the shipping <laughs> container in China, but that's another story <laughs> that I'll get to on <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, the side. Okay. Yeah. Chinese New Year decided to, to hit right after another pandemic <laughs> spike, and it just it's made quite the mess for our business. But oh my goodness! For those of you looking to buy cryptocurrency from ATM uh, from ATM crypto coins, we'll be getting more machines out. Uh, cash, for- <laughs> cash for coins, everyone. Get your cash for coins. That's literally um, what we do. It's quite a uh, right, So we
1: to- have about two minutes. We have about two minutes Let here. me hit you with We're some about- crypto news because it's actually big. Let's, let's, do quick, let's do some crypto news. Bitcoin, Tell me Tell me Bitcoin
0: the NASDAQ as a whole jumped up almost 1.6% this week. And Bitcoin was no stranger to that jump. It broke resistance at 40K, which was so necessary to break the death cross that it was in. Expect the next resistance level around 44,000. Currently, uh, it is sitting at 42.34%, which is a seven day increase of 11.7%, uh, wow. 42.34,000, or 42.3,000, which is sitting at a seven day increase of 11.7%. Huge. Ethereum, second largest by market cap. Uh, jumped up over the $3,000 mark. Another great movement for a bit the second largest Bitcoin in the space, or second largest coin in the space. Seven-day percentage increase, 17.2%. Now, there are a couple of competitors to... To Ethereum on the blockchain that kind of moves around NFTs and, and does transactional kind of blockchain work. Uh, the two I would highly recommend taking a look at that kind of really did well this week were, are Solana sitting at $115 per coin and Polkadot sitting at 21.89 per coin. Uh, Solana jumped up over the seven day period of 23.28%, Polkadot by 20.5%. So both of those are massive winners, and the biggest winner in the top 100 coins by a landslide. Uh, let me. put yeah, I only look at the top 100 coins because honestly, those are the ones I recommend putting your money into. The other ones are kind of a, a gamble. So take that at your own risk. But uh, none of crypto is a gamble. Just just well, some of the coins. Welcome to the casino, brother. <laughs> um, so Leo is uh, number three, uh, number 32 on the uh, coin market cap listings. It Jumped up to $5.10 as of recording and currently sitting at a seven-day percentage increase of 42.74%. So really easy way to get a return on investment. Do your due diligence. A few of these other ones have really jumped too. Drew, one of the ones you liked, Mana, a seven-day increase of 31.07%. All right. Uh, so let's take a look at the week ahead. Drew, uh, what do you got?
1: All right, real quick here in 60 We're seconds or this. less. Because China here we was go. a big topic. Blitz, us split splits. Um, yeah. So next week, I think we're going to continue to see consolidation, higher volumes on you uh, on average. The um, the trader base is changing a little bit from retail now to, to, to institutional. You're seeing that in bigger buys. Uh, retails have kind of like are playing the waiting game right now. Some of them have left the market entirely. Um, we you don't think are, they're coming back right now. I don't think so, no.
0: Not not short-term? Not okay. in the near
1: term, no. I think everyone's just kind of playing the waiting game right now. That's what I'm doing. I'm also trying to figure out my budget going forward. So I know there's a lot of issues right now with prices getting a lot higher. Uh, people are realizing they can't afford as much as they could before. Uh,
0: people well, are talked about that in the housing one specifically, too. It's, yeah, but it,
1: furniture,
0: like there's a lot of stuff that's a lot more expensive cost of now. goods has gone up, and that kind of pertains to what we talked about a second ago. Yes,
1: yes. So that's that's what happens when you move manufacturing over the U.S. or, you know, there's issues with supply chains, issues with supply in general. That's, I think, the key part that is really fueling the fans of inflation is the fact that we have robust demand, but no robust supply. And so that's going to be a challenge for, I think, the entire year at least. uh, Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, it's inflation's gonna keep going up. It's Are you gonna... putting
0: money in anything though? Uh in the short term.
1: No, not, not in the short term right now. I think I'm gonna just keep it going. Um keep keep my holdings, just see if there's any opportunities uh to trade derivatives. But I, I'm I'm not uh I don't think it's a good time to until we have a handle on inflation, I don't think it's a good time to and and, and the rates, I mean. There's a lot of uncertainty around We got to know, much? March
0: is going to be telling. March is- really March, yeah. I think I'm going to make moves after the, after the rates. Um, we got to see if they come in at a quarter or half a percent. Half, yeah. That, that really yeah. is going to be very telling on what the feds are looking at when it comes to inflation, how aggressive they want to be.
1: Right. So, so
0: my, my week forward for
1: probably the next couple episodes is going to be the same. Wait and see.
0: Wait and see. All right. So for me, I'm going bigger. Uh, I'm going a little bit more aggressive than Drew is and I'm taking on a little bit more risk. I saw what happened in the NASDAQ and I think the sentiments changed. So for me, I'm adding more to my tech stock holdings. Currently um, they got beat up pretty badly. And I think this is a cheap entry point for a lot of them uh, be on the lookout for more M&A. Uh, I think once I start to catch wind of a little bit more MA, things like the Activision move, things like Peloton, Uh, any other big acquisitions that are on the horizon, I might try to get ahead of them. So we'll we'll keep you abreast of that. On top of that, um, crypto, I've added to my crypto positions and I've stopped doing so. So that's where I'm hitting the brakes. Crypto's current green candle is actually looking a little bit weak. So expect a pullback potentially. If not, it'll trade sideways. So you're not going to make your returns on Bitcoin, Ethereum, or most coins probably for the next few weeks, if not a month or two. Uh, I expect a lot of sideways movement and ideally it doesn't break its support, but we'll find out the candlesticks are looking really, really, really weak in terms of buy levels. And so if they haven't gotten the right amount of support that they did on this current upward movement, expect a pullback. Um, In regards to the overall market though, volatility is looking a little bit lower with the VIX down at 24.35, but NASDAQ and S and P this week, and they really rallied on Friday to make these numbers. We're up one, one and a half percent about for both of them. So if the sentiment remains the same, expect me to be a buyer and you can do the same if you feel the need to get a little risky.
1: There you have it. There you have it. Um, Really good feedback on next steps and to see really what the impact is going to be now that Omicron is receding, which is great. Um, And hopefully folks are back to work working.
0: I I think so too. I mean, you know, that should help the labor force a lot. And also wanted to bring up a fact here. So challenging trades, we do a website, challengingtrades.com. We'll be developing that website. We also have uh, an updated Facebook page. And if you type it in at challenging trades on Facebook, you can reach out to us, get notified of new episodes coming up and be able to connect with us directly. Highly encourage you to do that. Give us any feedback that you might have or ask us to do an episode on something you might like. We are open to any and all suggestions. If you don't like us, let us know. We'd love to know that too. Um, You know, looking at you, Jim Cramer. Anyway, um, regardless, you know, I think if you want to come on the show and and hear why you're a clown, again, you are more than welcome to do so. Uh, But either way, we wanted to thank all of you once again for listening to Challenging Trades. We know that you can get your investment advice from a lot of places. And it's not financial advice, just to be completely clear. We know you can get your news and opinions from a lot of places and a lot of people, but we thank you for listening to our show.
1: Absolutely. yeah. Uh, Thanks again. And like us, uh, share us. We're always open to hearing some feedback and ideas for going forward and just trade smart. Um, Remember, we're not professional uh, financial advisors. We do not give you advice, anything pertaining to any kind of, Financial decisions. So we're just here for your entertainment and for you to make fun of us when we don't uh, do very well with our. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're,
0: we're great. We're great for Please me. laugh. We'll at be us. your punching bag. um We don't really care if it makes you feel better about how much money you've lost. Feel free to let us know um, <laughs> because we've also lost a lot of money. So misery loves company. Absolutely. All right. Well, see you again next week. Again next this week. Is and Drew. Hopefully, we've got another good one. All right. Yeah. So, all right, Drew. All right, Chris. Sign it off. Are. Thanks, everyone. Challenging trades. Eight. Challenging Out. trades.